This is the Professional Hypnotherapist Podcast, a production of the European Association of Professional Hypnotherapists. That's eaph.ie. For the second time on the Professional Hypnotherapist Podcast, Karina McAvoy has graciously agreed to share her vast knowledge and experience as a psychoeducation specialist, and how specifically the application of tried and trusted techniques work. Karina uses these interventions when working with many young adults and not so young adults and children in helping to ease anxiety and improve exam performance. Today, listen and discover how a master expert in the field shares with you the secrets of the trade. All on today's Professional Hypnotherapist Podcast. Karina McAvoy, thank you so much for rejoining me here on the Professional Hypnotherapist Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here again. Thank you. And, uh, you know, this is a sort of a special edition we, we've uh, come up with, Karina, and I really appreciate your mm-hmm. your help in doing this. And as a psychoeducation specialist, you know, at this time of the year, uh, Karina, we all know about it's exam time and the anxiety that children and young adults indeed are experiencing and the the anxiety that parents are going through for their own, for their children. So. What, what do we need to do, Karina, uh, in, in terms of uh, helping parents and indeed our children or young adults to cope better with anxiety? Yes, well, I always believe, Aidan, that knowledge is power. So um, in my work, I do see psychoeducation as a big part of it. And I think that you're right. This is a time when anxiety and stress is very much out there for not only not only the students, the teachers, but also the parents that are, you know, um, supporting their their kiddies or their teenagers going through the exams at the moment. Mm-hmm. So for me, psychoeducation is a big part of it. And knowing that anxiety and stress is going to be part of um, their life at this moment. I mean, it's inevitable that they are going to feel anxious and they're going to feel a level of stress. Mm-hmm. And Aidan, in the last couple of years, and now I'm going back maybe, you know, even 10 years, we are seeing a society that is really demonizing anxiety. We're really demonizing stress and anxiety as such a bad thing. Mm-hmm. However, you know yourself that stress and anxiety is such a natural and normal part of being a human. And there are times in our life when we're going to feel it um, a little bit. And there's times in our life when we're going to feel it a lot. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the leaving cert brings with it a lot of stress and anxiety. But if we can learn a little bit about the stress, the anxiety, and how to manage it, Mm -hmm. then we can take the power out of it and we can begin to manage it rather than it being this big thing that manages and overtakes us. Yeah, and it's all about managing because, you know, we, we need, as you said, we need stress. We, we need mm-hmm. uh, the stress because stress is something that uh, provides us with a motivation to get things that's, done, I suppose. That's absolutely it. It gives us 
it gives us the energy to sit down and do the study, the energy to get up and go in and do that exam. It gives mm-hmm. us the energy that we need to to get things done. So, you know, a little bit of stress in our life is is can actually be quite healthy. Yeah, indeed. And I think it's just the attitude that we have to anxiety. I mean, even today, driving in and out to work, Aidan, um, listening to the news, the news bulletins, it wasn't really about the leave insert. It was about, it was zoning in again on the anxiety and the anxiety. Yeah. Whereas if we can just look at anxiety differently, it's normal, it's natural, it's healthy. It keeps us safe. And then, you know, if we can if we can learn to manage it and know that we can manage it, then I think it puts us in a in a, a very um, powerful place mm-hmm. to go in and do exams or whatever it is that we need to do in life. And as you said, knowledge is power. So how do we manage anxiety? Mm-hmm. How do we manage it, Karina? Okay, so let me tell let me start that by telling you a little bit about me and my relationship with anxiety okay. when I was doing my leaving cert way back in I think it was 1996 <laughs> I was doing my leaving cert and I was very anxious for two years coming up to the leaving cert I was studying and studying and studying and I would say I was very well prepared going into the leaving cert but you know back then nobody spoke about anxiety so I didn't realize I had this thing called anxiety and I thought it was something wrong with me that I was completely weird and crazy and abnormal. And along came the leave and start to aid. And I went in and I sat down and all of a sudden I could feel my stomach just going like a washing machine and butterflies. And then I began to feel sick and then my hands got really sweaty and then my heart started racing. And now all of a sudden I'm in a room full of other candidates that are sitting down, getting on with their work. I'm looking around thinking, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's going on? Am I going to have a heart attack? Mm. I couldn't remember anything. The paper in front of me was, it might as well, it might as well have been double Dutch because I just couldn't remember anything. And I just, with each exam, I just went into having like an anxiety attack, but sitting there trying to manage it myself. And my, the thoughts coming into my head were, were not exactly helpful. And it was awful. Now, I wish I knew, I, I wish I didn't know then what I know now about anxiety. Mm-hmm. If I had known then what I know now, I would have been able to go in and feel that, feel, you know, the butterflies in my tummy and be able to settle it myself. Yeah. So what I what I believe is that knowledge, as I said to you, is power. So knowing that stress and anxiety is very normal. It is very natural and all of that. So like Aidan, if I, if you can imagine a car and a car is going down the road and if we look at the wheels of the car, let's say we're talking about a four-wheeled car, right? <laughs> Just <laughs> put that out there. So if we look at one of the wheels is our emotion, it's anxiety, okay? Yeah. And then another wheel is um, what we feel in our body, our body sensations. And then another wheel is the behavior that we do with that emotion and with those sensations. And then the other wheel is our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So that car is driving along the road with those four big things going on. Now, let's just say that car now is driving along and the person driving the car feels like there's no control because their emotion is, in this case, anxiety. They're feeling it in their body. 
They are trying to avoid whatever it is they're anxious of. So in this case, it may be like not wanting to do the exam or um, doing the exam, but, you know, kind of want not wanting to be there, feeling like they want to run away, feeling like they want to avoid the exam, which is quite normal as well, quite natural response. I'll explain why now in a minute. And then the thoughts are, uh, oh, my gosh, this is really bad. I can't do this. This is, you know, what if I don't remember this? It would be really bad if I don't remember. What if the question doesn't come up? If that question doesn't come up that I've prepared for, then, you know, what am I going to do then? I can't cope. This this is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And then when they feel the sensation in the body, it's like, oh, my God, now I'm now I'm going to have a heart attack or now this is really bad or now I'm going to get sick. What if I get sick? What if I get sick in the exam hall? What if, you know, everyone looks at me getting sick? This is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So the kind of thoughts that go with anxiety is very catastrophic thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of thinking that, I can't deal with this. This is really bad and I can't deal with it. So it's really kind of negative, catastrophic thinking. Mm-hmm. So if we were to look at the car, right, if we were able to puncture one of those wheels, the car is not going to run as smoothly. Mm-hmm. So if we were to look at, say, the body sensations, first of all, and understand what the body sensations are all about. So if we think back to the very, very, very beginning of man, we have the caveman and he's going out hunting for his food. So the caveman was born with a very, very special part of his brain, the amygdala. And as I explain it to the kiddies that come in to me, I just call it an anxiety alarm. And when they're going out hunting for their food, if a wolf or a bear comes around the corner and starts chasing them, that anxiety alarm goes off because this is a very dangerous situation. So they need all of a sudden changes in their body so that they have the energy to run away. And the first thing that happens is all of the blood and the energy that's centered around their tummy and their digestion. So like their liver, their kidneys, their intestines, all of that rushes up to their head. And that feeling is the feeling we get, that butterfly feeling or going over bump feeling. When I was doing my lead insert, that feeling to me was oh my God, there's something wrong with me. I'm going to pass out. Whereas now if I feel that, I go, oh, there's my butterflies. That's mm-hmm. okay. So if we know that that is normal, it's natural, and we kind of, I suppose, don't freak out about that, then that's really going to help. Yeah. So the next thing that happens then is we're going to take in oxygen straight into our lungs. So we're going to breathe into our chest. Then the heart is going to take all of that energy and oxygen and bring it straight to our feet and straight to our hands through the veins. So our heart needs to do that very quickly. If there's a bear running after you, you're going to need that quickly. So your heart starts pumping really, really fast. So we're going to feel it in our tummy. We're going to feel breathing into our chest. We're going to feel our heart going faster. And then our body is really smart. And our body says, hey, if we're going to be doing a lot of running, we're going to we're going to like pass out if we if we get too hot. So why don't we start sweating? So our body makes us sweat. So our hands get really clammy and, Mm. you know, maybe even the soles of our feet get clammy and we get clammy. And now we're sweating, even though we're doing nothing, we're sweating. But if you think back to the caveman day, he was doing something. He was running away from danger. So his body is sweating to keep him safe. Mm. Now, if there's anything in his tummy from the night before, his body says, oh, gosh, we'll get a stitch if we run this fast because there's something in our tummy. So let's actually just chuck it out. Sure, we can eat again later. So maybe even the caveman felt like getting sick. Mm. 
Mm. So that is absolutely fantastic. The caveman within a couple of seconds now has the energy to run away from that bear so that he is safe. Mm. Now, in 2022, if we're sitting in an exam hall and we're thinking, oh, my God, this is really bad. And we're doing that catastrophic thinking that I was telling you about, Mm -hmm. that this is really bad. Oh, my God, this is really bad. That anxiety alarm goes, what? what, this is really bad, this is really bad, we have a catastrophe on our hands, oh my God, this is really bad, let's get out of here, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. So the amygdala, or the anxiety alarm as I call it, starts all of that in our body so that we can get up and run out of that hall. Mm-hmm. Now, the amygdala is amazing, it keeps us safe, but it's deep down in our brain, and the way I explain it to kiddies is it cannot see what's going on. It cannot look out and see that there is no bear, there's no wolf, that we're actually safe. It goes by what we think and the pictures that we make in our mind. Mm -hmm. It is going purely by that. So if we're sitting in an exam hall thinking this is really bad, this is really bad, um, I can't deal with this. And then we're bringing into our mind pictures of, I don't know, getting... For me, maybe it would have been getting my exam and the word fail across it. And then where do I go from there? Am I not going to get a good job? Am I going to like end up homeless or whatever? You know the way your mind just runs away uh-huh. with you? Yeah. So when your mind r- runs away with you, we do it visually. So we're seeing the pictures and we're thinking it. And the amygdala in our brain is seeing those pictures and it's hearing our thoughts and completely buys into the fact that this is a catastrophe mm-hmm. so and then it, whatever yeah sorry go it, on. it seems it seems that what what's actually happening what the amygdala is doing or the the um the, the alarm system is doing is that mm-hmm. it, it's um it's actually doing us a favor yeah you know absolutely and, and i think it's maybe correct me if i'm wrong it's also got to do with the fact that you know human beings what we are we are meaning making beings we so mm-hmm. something is happening and we apply a meaning to that and then we apply a meaning to that. And and all, of course, all of this, Karina, is happening at a million miles an hour, you know? Yeah. It's happening absolutely. so fast, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like our brain is just so amazing. It's so amazing. And as you say, it's doing us a favor. It's doing us a favor. The alarm system is doing us a favor. Mm-hmm. It is trying to get us out of danger. It's a little bit like, as I explain to, if I explain to kiddies when they come in, and I know I'm not speaking about kiddies here now, I'm speaking about, um, you know, young women, young men doing their leave insert. Okay, so I don't mean to insult anyone. But when we talk about our limbic system and our amygdala and our subconscious mind, we are kind of talking like about a child because that child is, um, it it doesn't really see what's going on. It doesn't see the logic, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It just really works on emotions. So when I speak to kiddies about this, is I explain it as like, say we have an alarm on our car, going back to the car again, Aiden, we have an alarm on our car. And let's say a cat jumps on the car and the alarm goes off. The alarm is saying something's going on, something's going on, something's going on, I'm in danger, I'm in danger. And then we go and look and we can say, okay, the car is actually not in danger. No one's breaking in. It must have been a cat and we can turn the alarm off. Yeah. So it's a little bit like our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. 
our subconscious mind or our amygdala can go off and go, oh my God, I'm in danger, I'm in danger, I'm in danger. Mm -hmm. But then we can bring our logic into it and go, oh, this is actually, we're not in danger here. We're actually okay. And we can turn down, turn off that alarm system. We can do that ourselves. But unfortunately, anxiety is a really powerful emotion. And when we feel really emotional, logic has left the building. It's completely mm -hmm. gone. So number two, the next thing that I would do once I understand my body sensations and once I can be comfortable with them and once I can sit down and feel those butterflies and feel myself get you know sweaty in the palms and be able to say to myself, this is normal, it's natural, it's okay. This is actually okay. Then I can move on to the next part, which is bringing down the emotional part, because until okay. we bring down the emotion, we are not going to think logically about it. Okay, so how do because we do that? Right, yeah. So the best thing for me, or what really works for me, is two things. So, well, actually three things. So number one would be to, in the moment, so let's say we're in the exam hall and we're feeling really anxious, and we've said to ourselves, okay, I feel the body sensations, this is okay. This is normal, right? Then I would go to bringing my breath back to my belly. Um, and this is all about biofeedback. So this is all about biology. So we're going to use our body to explain to that part of our brain that we are actually okay. So we simply just relax our shoulders. So if you can imagine being in an exam hall and being really tense and feel your shoulders, I bet you they would be rock hard because they're up, the muscles are up, they're tense, they're ready to run away. So if we can just relax our shoulders and bring them down, and like this takes about two minutes, okay? And then just bring our attention to wherever our breath is. So if we're anxious, it's going to be in our chest. And just, it doesn't even have to be deep breaths, just comfortable breaths. Just bring our breath back down to our tummy. And just do that for about 90 seconds, actually. 90 seconds of breathing into our tummy and relaxing our shoulder. That will bring down the anxiety, the emotion. Mm -hmm. Now, what is happening on the inside is our, our amygdala is getting a message from our stomach that we're going to go back and do our job because we know there's no danger. And the amygdala is going, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm looking at the pictures. This is really bad. We're homeless here because we failed our leaving cert. You know, we've no money and everything is really bad. What are you talking about? We need to go back into breathing into our chest to get out of here. But if we continue to breathe into our tummy, the tummy is continuing to say to the amygdala, no, honest to God, everything is okay. I'm going back to do my job. And then eventually within 90 seconds, the amygdala goes, oh, okay then okay and we can feel that level of stress come down okay okay now this is something that i have really practiced over the years and i know like literally in within one second i can bring my level of anxiety from a very high number down to a low number by literally just bringing my breath back to my tummy mm -hmm. and dropping my shoulders so i know like everything that i say to you is what i've done myself so i know it works yeah so that's kind of two things right now. The second thing that I would do there is I change the script in my head. 
So instead of me sitting there going, oh my God, this is really bad. Everybody else seems to be doing this. I can't remember. That's not going to help. That's not helpful. Okay. So at that point, we just need to get really, you know, realistic in our head and just speak to ourselves in a way that is going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. So little things like just changing the script and saying little things like, okay, I am anxious, but this is okay. This is going to pass. This is two hours of my life. Um, I can do this. I can cope with this, you know, and I don't, I, I don't know what's going on with those people. Maybe they're scribbling away, but on the inside, they're feeling anxious too, mm-hmm. you know? So just getting very real with our talk and, and saying, saying to ourselves, is this helping me? Is this talk helping me? No, it's actually not. It's making things worse. Mm-hmm. So then think about what you would say to your friend. If your friend said to you, having a panic attack what am I going to do what would you say to them and then say that to yourself it's a little bit like being your own support in that moment Mm -hmm. so that's three things yeah oftentimes I think you know we 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 do a lot of self-talk in our heads Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes the self-talk can be very reprimanding or it can be a sort of a, a hurried voice or Maybe not a yeah. not so pleasant of a voice. So, is there any benefit in changing mm-hmm. the quality of the voice uh, in our heads? How do we do that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that once we understand anxiety, I will I will always ask my I will always ask my clients to change the voice of anxiety from being a mean like you can't do this, why you, like you can't cope with this, to kind of a questioning voice even, mm-hmm. or even a kiddie voice or a voice that's really nice. And I actually asked them to put a name on their anxiety. So mine is called Buddy. And when Buddy comes in and goes, oh, I don't like this, I don't think we should do this or whatever. Yeah. Now, instead of it being a, a mean, um, kind of strong, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of a voice that's putting me down. Now it's just kind of like a little questioning voice. And... I have the power now. It's almost like a, like a child voice for me. Like, mm. can you do this, Karina? I don't know. I don't know if we can do this now. And then I will go back and hear it as that child voice and go, you know, yeah, look at, thanks for looking after me, but I'm okay. So that's definitely something that we can do in an exam hall. We can get that voice that's in our head and we can change it around. Yeah. So we can hear instead of, instead of thinking, oh my God, this is really bad. I'm going to fail. Try and say that to yourself in a Mickey Mouse voice mm-hmm. or try say that to yourself in a really slow, long, <laughs> exaggerated uh, voice. You know, change the voice. So definitely changing what we hear in that voice is really, really good. But I think. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're OK. I was just going to say that I think that if we change the meaning behind the voice, if we change knowing what the voice is doing that's actually coming to help us mm-hmm. that it becomes a friendlier voice yeah you know but what you're saying there about the voice can also be applied to that picture that we see so yeah. in the middle in the midst of doing the exam is it really helpful to see everything going wrong is yeah. it really helpful to you know see yourself failing and failing the next one no it's actually not and it's not even true yet can't even be true because you haven't even got the results back so rather than run away with those images which is only freaking the image out even more 
just take a minute to sit back and imagine yourself in two hours time walking out of the exam hall uh, with the exam behind you. Yeah. Or imagine yourself in four hours time sitting at home, having a big dinner at home with your exam behind you. Or ima- imagine yourself in like, you know, a year's time, you know, laughing with your friends, doing whatever it is that you're doing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So in- instead of seeing the negative running away with those really bad images, change those images. Yeah. You know? And, and then by changing the images, as you, as you said, by changing the voice, by changing the picture, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you give yourself a means uh, of coping and managing this. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. So if we go back to that car going down the road, if we understand that the body sensations are normal, they're natural, that's number one. Number two, if we understand that anxiety is coming along to kind of make sure that we're okay, can we do this, should we run away? and that we have the power to bring our breath back into our belly. We have the power to change the voice that we hear in our head, to change the images. Then we have the power for that amygdala to see and hear something different. We can also talk back to it, you know, so, you know, something as simple as, well, there you are in anxiety. Look, thanks for coming along, but I'm actually okay here. Yes, I am doing my exam. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, I would rather be lying off somewhere else, but Mm -hmm. I'm here. And guess what? I'm okay. I can deal with this and I can cope with this. And do you know what? If if I need you, if the fire alarm goes off or something and I need you, you can come back. But right now I'm okay. So it's, and it really is just talking to it like that. Yeah, it's, it's excellent because yeah. you you know you're, yeah. you're, what you you said there is is really uh, meaningful, and it's all got to do with taking that power, you yeah, know, absolutely. taking control of the situation. Yeah, and rather yeah. than it being you know this something that's running away with you, you're saying, "Oh no, come back! I'm taking control mm-hmm. here now." Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So now we've punctured two wheels of that car. <laughs> now, if we look at the other wheel, the behavior and what we're doing, if those students, if a student is sitting in the hall doing their exam, they're already on top of things with the behavior because they're there, they've shown up, they're doing it. They have resisted the urge to run away from the exam. And like, that takes guts, it takes strength, and it takes uh, bravery, and it takes a lot of belief, believe it or not. So if you're if you're sitting in the exam hall and you're there and you're doing the paper, like that's amazing. Well done. You've got like you've 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 got through, you have got through the instinct, the biological instinct to run away. You know. Yeah. And then if there's anyone who didn't, couldn't get into the exam, who just wasn't able to do it, that's okay too, because you know what? This is a time in your life where it is hard. It is really, really hard. And I think that we put so much pressure on leaving cert students Mm -hmm. and we put so much emphasis on the exams. But just think about it. Even if you're home and you couldn't go into the exam, you're still here. You're still breathing. The sun is still rising. The night is coming. Mm. And no matter what happens, you are dealing with it. You're yeah. dealing with it. Even if you're sitting in your room and you're upset and you're crying, you're dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And you have a choice of how you want to deal with it. So hopefully knowing that, you know, anxiety is something that we can manage, that we can overcome. 
hopefully that if there's someone out there that's sitting in the room thinking they can't do their exams, hopefully, you know, this, what you and I, Aiden, are talking about, hopefully this can help. Yeah. Because I just think that, again, going back, like knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And if you are finding it really tough, well, you know what? You're you're not alone. <laughs> you're not certainly yeah. not alone. Yeah. And you have more power than you think. Yeah. You're stronger than you think, yeah. believe it or not. And um, life is full of ups and downs, isn't it, Aiden? Indeed. Indeed life is. is, yeah, it is full of ups and downs. And it's these down times are actually really important because they teach us how strong we are and, you know, that we can cope. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, it's, yeah. I often think that, you know, when you're in the in the thick of things, as they say, in the midst of your exams, you know, and, you know, this is this is the be all and end all. Oh, I have to do mm-hmm. this. I must do this because there may be, you know, re expectations, burdens placed on, on the young adult. You have to do this. But, mm-hmm. you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. You know, when you mature in years, as I have, you know, when you look back and you realize that there is there is absolutely 100 percent more than one way of achieving an outcome absolutely absolutely i mean i myself i don't mind sharing with you i i was a pretty good student and i studied and studied but because i didn't know anything about anxiety because nobody spoke about anxiety because Uh i thought i was going crazy doing the exams i I kind of failed nearly every subject mm. when I came out and I had, there was nowhere for me to go with the points I got. There was nothing for me to do. And I was just devastated because I'd been such a good stu- student. Yeah. Like, yeah. I went back and repeated my leave insert and I had so much support from some wonderful people around me. And I went on to college and failed first year. <laughs> yeah. Because again, I just couldn't do the exam. And then second year, around second year, I began to really investigate what is going on with me. Why am I like this? And it was around then I began to learn how to, just to learn about and how I am actually in control, how I can manage it. Um, And just kind of things changed from them. Finished finished my uh, degree, done a degree in geography and sociology. Then I went working and then I decided I want to teach because I wanted to go back into the school setting to help students who were like me. Mm-hmm. So then I done my HDIP and by the time I was doing my HDIP exams, I was so on top of anxiety. Excellent. Now, what does that mean? That does not mean I went in and didn't feel it. I did. Mm-hmm. It came with me. But it was, it didn't control me. I was in control of it. I was like, you can come, but now you have to stay quiet. <laughs> so, so, it, <laughs> you know? so it can be done. So it, if I can do it, anyone can yeah. do it. So Absolutely. We, so now, Karina, are we running on one tire? Okay, so yeah, our thoughts is the last tire, and that's really important. So believe it or not, if we were to target the thoughts first, the car just wouldn't work because the thought is what feeds the whole thing. However, it's very hard to target the thoughts first, Aidan, because the thoughts comes from our, our the logical mind, I suppose, mm-hmm. and what we're thinking and our prefrontal cortex we're thinking about and yeah. thinking about. But when the emotion is really high, we have no logic. We can't think straight because we're so emotional. 
And that's why it's important to bring the emotion down first so that when we do look at our thoughts, we can look at them with a little bit more logic. So now we can't we can't change our thoughts. Like it's not all about positive thinking or just think positive because thoughts come into our head and some of them may be negative and some of them are like, oh my God, are we going to be okay? Is this really bad? Because believe it or not, we are programmed to think on the negative side mm -hmm. to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. So we are going to have negative thoughts and it isn't about chastising ourselves when negative thoughts comes into our head, but it is about recognizing them, being aware of them and knowing that they're only thoughts, that thoughts are only thoughts, that they're not fact, mm -hmm. that they're not, you know, 100% it's going to happen. And that we can actually change those thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like um, if you had a magic eight ball. So you know a magic eight ball. You shake mm -hmm. the eight ball and you ask it a question, a yes or no question, and it comes up with an answer. So I would often do this in my practice. I would get, you know, the client to ask a question and they would shake the eight ball. And if the eight ball says, if they ask, like, am I going to have a good day? And the eight ball says no. I say... Okay, were well, you happy with that answer? And they'll say, no, because I wanted to have a good day. And I'll say, oh, gosh, I wonder what could you do about that? And they're looking at the eight ball in their hand and they're going, well, I'm holding the eight ball. I wonder could I just shake it again? And I'm saying, oh, my God, isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. I think that because our mind is just, you know, it's not something we can see. It's not something that we can touch. So that when thoughts come into our mind, we just we just go with them. But if we were to pull our mind out and imagine that this is something in our hand, then you know what? We can see that it's something that we are in control of. We can change it. We can shake it. We can do whatever we want it because we are the ones holding our mind. And if thoughts come into our mind, just like the answer comes into the eight ball and we don't like it, we can change it. Mm -hmm. We can change it that easily. Now, it takes time. It takes practice. But it can be done. Yeah. And one of the best ways to do it is to just really challenge those thoughts when they come in. Challenge them. Ask yourself, like, how logical or how true are those thoughts? So, for example, like, if, if I was... You know, when I was in my leaving cert and I think, oh, my God, I'm going to be homeless now because like my head just went from A to B to C to D. I'm not going to get a good job. I'm not going to be able to pay rent. I'm not going to be able to do this. So if I could just have sat back and say, ask myself, come on, how true is that? Like, how true is it that you're going to end up homeless, you know, on the streets in a year's time? Like, if I look at that now, I go, well, actually, I have so much support around me. I was, you know. There is so much that I can do. There is, even if I did fail my leaving cert, I can go back, I can repeat, I can do a PLC course, I can do this, I can work, I can do that. You know, if I could have challenged myself then, the way I know I can challenge myself yeah. now, it wouldn't have got to that level. So even just by asking ourselves, how true is it? How true is it that, you know, the leaving cert is the worst thing in the world? How true is that? Yeah. Like, let's get a little perspective here. Mm -hmm. Let's stand back and look at it and go, yeah. you know, let's compare that to something really bad that could be happening. If we look at, you know, all of all of that terrible, terrible stuff that's happening around the world in the Ukraine, if we look at 
even if we look at Afghanistan, there is so many young girls who are not allowed to go to school at the moment. Like, that is just horrific. They're not allowed. They're not allowed to have an education. They're not allowed to do their exams. Like, imagine that. So if we were to look at the perspective of the leave insert and compare it to what is actually really bad, it just brings it down a couple of points. Now, I know when we're in the middle of doing the leave insert, it is really stressful, but it does really help just take a step back and kind of, you know, think about it. Yeah, perspective is everything. Um, yeah, really important. absolutely, um, absolutely. Have yeah. a perspective on things. Yeah, and oh, then so, I think as well. Yeah, sorry, Aidan. Yeah, so we, we've dealt with the four wheels, and um, yeah. so that the last wheel was the the thoughts. So the what's next? What's next? Yeah. What's after that? Well, look, let's just look at some very very basic self care. Okay. So right. the car itself, right? Let's go back to the car itself, right? Mm. The car itself, if we don't look after the car, if we don't give the car petrol or it's diesel, if we don't give the car its water for its radiators, if we're not looking after the car, the car is going to break down. Mm. So let's look at the car as the body. Okay, The body needs sleep. It needs exercise. It needs water. It needs nutrition and it needs to relax. So the very basics and the very essentials of self-care are very important here. So this is something that parents can do to help their um, son or daughter is just when they come in, you know, make sure that they get a little bit of relaxation time um, that they're getting a nice nutritious dinner. You know, when we, when we eat good, we feel good. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of research out there now at the moment, Aidan, that, you know, what we eat really does affect our mental health, our gut health, yeah. is very much related to our mental health mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know like too much caffeine too much sugar too much alcohol can really yeah. create an imbalance in our head so if we're like staying up all night not getting our sleep and drinking coffee so that we can you know study for exam then the next day we're going to feel crappy anyway mm-hmm. you know so getting our sleep very important um water um, is fuel for the brain yeah and, and just to come back to the sleep um uh, Karina, mm. you know, you may, it's so important uh, because sleep is really, really important for memory mm-hmm. consolidation, you know, so mm-hmm. that, that what you're learning during the day, you know, is properly what we'll call a compartmentalized. Am I right in saying that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Sleep is like I, I know that if I have bad sleep the next day everything is so much harder you know and you know to put exams into the mix now I know there's probably students out there going no look at this nine days I have to get done I can't sleep but I mean how I would go about that is if you really feel like okay you need to study more study more there is different ways to study like you could be putting your study onto now you know Aiden I'm really really bad with technology but you could be putting it recorded onto your phone like let's say you're wanting to learn Shakespeare quotes mm. record them onto your phone and then when you're going to sleep just listen to them excellent yeah you know yeah I, I like um, that. Yeah. yeah absolutely and then you're just listening to them in your sleep and you feel like okay well at least I'm getting to sleep but I'm also doing this little bit of listening to these and then you go into your mind as well mm-hmm. um you can you can relax while study yes believe it or not as well because you can 
you know, go for a walk and listen to those Shakespeare quotes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's actually it's a really good way to take things in when you're going for a walk and you are nice and relaxed, like your subconscious mind is allowing that material to go into your mind and into your memory easier rather than if you're at home just stuck in a room and you're like really trying to cram it in there. Um, And then when it comes to study and revision, like making everything visual really, really helps as well. So like making a lot of uh, circular bullet points or mind maps or turning keywords into mnemonics or like a funny sentence or a funny word all of that really helps your memory remember the material and uh-huh. um, when you're studying try and make it something that you're doing rather than just le- reading so like always have a pen in your hand and even if it, you're just sketching out keywords uh-huh. because your mind will really take in a picture um, or even walking, if you have a mind map and you're, you're uh, wanting to remember the keywords, just get up and walk around your room and do it. Mm. Making sure that you get breaks is very important yeah. because our brain just goes to sleep, um, like just can't take in anymore after, I don't know, maybe 20 to 30 minutes is as much as I would study in one subject and then have a five-minute break. And the break be get up, move, go down, get a glass of water, um, and then come back to it. Um, and then change what we're studying. So like if we're studying, say, a reading subject for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, then change the next one to like a math subject so that you're doing, so that your brain is like doesn't get kind of tired doing the one thing. And then it's able to take in things. Um, it's able to take in the material better. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, all of this, you know, is reliant upon adequate preparation. And that's mm-hmm. so important as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that this year's Leaving Certs have, um, you know, they've done their best. They have yeah. been through pandemic. And I think that they need to, well, they don't need to, but maybe they'd like to think about the fact that they have been through a pandemic, something we have never, mm. ever seen before. A lot of these students have never done a junior cert before. Yeah. This is the first time they've had a state exam. And for the last year, it's been drilled into them that this is so important. This is so important. This is so important. This is like your life depends on this. Your life depends on this. And that's so scary. So what I would love to say is look at just give yourselves a break. You're so strong. You have kept with your studies. You have got through a pandemic and we are just, we're, we're kind of coming outside the other side of the pandemic, even though COVID-19 is still is. But like, do you know yourself when you go through something, yeah. you feel, you actually feel tired then. Mm. You kind of just sit down and go, wow, that mm. was that was some ride we had there. Do you know, you're like kind of, you're coming down from it. <laughs> So, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. these guys, you know, I bet they're tired. Absolutely. Of, bet course. Tired. of course. So I, I would love for them to give themselves a break and realize how capable and strong they are yeah. Yeah. and that they can do this and just believe in themselves. And that's another big point. Yeah. Just believe in yourself and believe that no matter what happens, you can deal with it. Yeah. Even if... I don't know, the school blew up and you couldn't do your exams like that. You will find a way in life. There are so many different paths that you can yeah. take. You will find a way. 
exactly. you will make it work. One hundred percent. I I agree totally. And you know, as I said earlier, you know the the hindsight is a wonderful thing. Having gone through different things in your life, you realize yeah. that you know there's more than one way of doing doing something yeah. or of achieving yeah, an outcome. Absolutely. Is there anything else yeah. uh, finally that you want to want to mention, uh, Karina? Um, I would say that, you know, when you're finished, when students are finished an exam, just move on to the next one. Uh Just put it behind you and move on. Because I think that meeting, you know, fellow students outside and doing a postmortem and I think going through it and what did come up and what didn't come up. I think that can be a little bit, oh, my God, I didn't put that in or I didn't do that question or I didn't do that right. And I just I don't think that's the most helpful thing to do when you're going through a marathon of exams. Yeah. Just come out, put it behind you, and put your focus onto the next one then. Great. And, great. you know, keep your basic self-care, you know, looking great. after your sleep, your nutrition, your water. Um, oh, I would definitely say stay away from, like, the likes of Red Bull and Monster and all of those yes. things. Yes, yes. Because they might give you a bit of a boost, but there's a big come down from yeah. them. Yeah. So you're going to feel, I just did just kind of give you that bit of a foggy brain or whatever when mm. you kind of come down from them. So like just stick to water, good nutrition. Um, and that's where parents, because parents kind of feel a little bit helpless at this time, you know, but parents can really help by just, um, you know, big healthy dinner when they come in and just being there to kind of listen as mm. well, you know, yeah. and uh, making sure that they're looking after themselves. Wonderful. So, um, Karina, you're also a published author, and indeed, I know you contribute to radio mm-hmm. in the southeast. Is, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's ex- right. Excellent. Yeah. And um, yeah. H- how can we contact you? Yeah. So, if you were want to contact me, you could email me at info at com. I also have a website, which is just com, and um, you can contact me through there. Great. That's wonderful. Karina, yeah. that, that was magnificent. And thank you so much thank for you. for the benefit uh, of your experience and imparting that valuable skill and knowledge that you have to our listeners. So that was Karina McAvoy, psychoeducation specialist based in the southeast of Ireland. Where exactly are you, uh, Karina, if that's OK? I'm in a town called Gorey. Gorey, County Wexford. Yeah. Great. So, Karina, thank you so much. Thank you, Aidan. Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to session number 24 of the Professional Hypnotherapist podcast, a production of the European Association of Professional Hypnotherapists. That's EAPH.ie. Why not take a look at EAPH.ie? Our many skilled members are there waiting on your contact. That's EAPH.ie. Until next time, it's bye-bye for now.